to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hey, hey, I am so excited you're here. As always, I love freaking chatting with you, whether this is your episode 100, whatever, however many we are at right now, or this is your first episode. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so happy you're here. And I cannot wait to chat about today's topic, which is all about tracking ovulation. Because a lot of people have come to me recently saying that they're using ovulation strips or they're using apps on their phone to track their ovulation. And I'm like, oh my God, this is probably why you're struggling because that is not an accurate way to track ovulation. And of course, if this is you right now and you're doing this, I totally understand why, because this is is what we're told is how to track ovulation. Just look on your app. It'll tell you when the little flower's there. That's when you're ovulating or just use the ovulation strips. But this is not accurate. There is This is not accurate. This is not a way to track your ovulation. The only ways to truly track your ovulation, to know that you are ovulating, is to use your own body, to track your basal body temperature, your cervical mucus, and your cervical positioning. So today we are talking about your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus. And I know we have talked about this within other episodes in this podcast, but it deserves its own episode because I've been hearing so many questions about this, even people who do listen to the podcast. So I was like, okay, I need to be a lot more clear about this because it's freaking so important. So before we get into that, what I wanted to make sure you know about is another free way that you and I could connect outside of this podcast, which are my monthly free masterclasses. So mostly every single month, I'll do a masterclass. Sometimes it's a day-long training, like an hour long. Sometimes it's two days. It's always in a Facebook group. It's so freaking fun. It's so amazing. And it's a way for us to connect outside of here and for me to go really deep on specific topics that I just can't get to on this podcast or I can't get into the depth of it on podcast episodes. And it's also a way for you and I to connect where I could answer any of your questions. I could coach you live. You get to connect with other women who are also listening to this podcast. It's so freaking amazing. They're always so fun. So if you were interested in joining this month's masterclass, whenever you're listening to it, because again, I do it pretty much every single month, just text me the word masterclass to 516-430-5144. And they're always really cool topics. Sometimes like around the holidays, I'll do one about a hormone healthy holiday. Sometimes they're about your um, phases of your cycle. Sometimes it's about digestion. Sometimes it's about moods and fertility. Like they always, they always are shifting, but it's always so freaking awesome. And if you love this podcast, you're going to love the masterclasses. So if you're interested and you can't text me right now, of course the link is below. If you're already on my text list, then still just text me the word masterclass. Again, that's to 5 1-6-4-3-0-5-1-4-4, and I will give you all the details to get the link to join us. It's going to be so fun. Okay. So with that being said, now let's talk about ovulation. First of all, let's talk about why it's important to track ovulation, even if you don't want to get pregnant, which I know I talk about a lot because it's so important. And I had no idea about this when I was going through my health journey of having no period for two years. And before that, it was so irregular. I had no idea. I don't even know if I knew really what ovulation was. I had no idea that it was important to get a period. I didn't know that it was necessary because I was not interested in getting pregnant at the time, but it is important. And here are the reasons why before we talk about how to actually track it. 
Number one, when you ovulate, you produce the hormone progesterone. And progesterone is a hormone that's needed to hold onto and nourish a pregnancy. So of course, if you were trying to get pregnant, we need healthy progesterone levels. So you need to ovulate in order to produce that progesterone. And there are other ways, other things that of course can lower your progesterone levels, even if you are ovulating, such as stress and sleep. Those are things that really tank your your progesterone levels. Um, Of course, nutrient deficiencies could be part of that as well. So of course you need progesterone for that, but even if you don't want to get pregnant, progesterone is also a hormone that helps support your bones, your thyroid, your metabolism, your mood, your sleep, your hair, skin, nails. Like it is so freaking important. It helps prevent osteoporosis later in life. It helps prevent heart disease. It helps prevent endometrial cancer. It is the yin to estrogen's yang. Okay. So they work together like yin and yang. If we don't have healthy levels of progesterone, we are going to experience excess estrogen symptoms such as heavy periods, painful periods, mood swings, um, weight fluctuations, really sleep disturbances, really um, difficult time, like being able to, anxiety, really like anxiety provoking things. You're not able to really manage your stress. All of these things can come from this disproportionate amount of estrogen to progesterone, which is super, super important, which we don't want, which is why it's super important to know that you're actually ovulating and getting a period at the end of the month or whenever it is during the month, bleeding in general is not a sign that you ovulated. Bleeding could just mean that you had enough estrogen to where your uterine lining now has to shed, but it does not signify that you ovulated. So if you're like, Corinne, I'm good. I get my period every month. I'm good to go. That's amazing. But if you're not tracking your ovulation, you don't know that you're actually ovulating because you could just be producing enough estrogen to shed that uterine lining and then to bleed because of it. So we need to actually track the ovulation to make sure that you're ovulating. And again, this isn't important only if you want to get pregnant. Of course, it's important if you want to get pregnant because you need progesterone to hold on to and nourish your pregnancy. But if you just want to feel good, if you want to prevent osteoporosis and heart disease and endometrial cancer and feel more calm and have better moods and a better metabolism and all of this stuff, you also need to be ovulating. It is a normal bodily function that we need to be doing every single month. And this bullshit of our doctors telling us that you only need three to four periods a year is completely ridiculous because that is not healthy for us. That is so messed up. It's a nor- That's like saying like you only need to pee a couple times a year or your blood pressure only needs to be leveled out a couple times a year, like, no, no. Okay. Don't let me go down that rabbit hole. Cause you know how I get. And then the third part of why it's really important to track this is because when you're tracking your basal body temperature, which I'm going to teach you about, if you notice that the, your basal body temperature is really low, this could signify a thyroid issue. So when you're collecting this data, it's not only helping you collect data about that you're ovulating, but it's also can help you collect data about your thyroid, which this is a huge issue for so many women and it goes undiagnosed for a really long time most of the time. So this could be a clue for you that you need to get this under control. Okay. So those are three reasons why to track it. Now let's talk about why ovulation strips are not accurate and then the ways that you can actually track it so that it is accurate. So the way that ovulation strips work is that it is tracking your LH, which is your luteinizing hormone. And your luteinizing hormone is a hormone that's released in order to stimulate ovulation. However, your body could just be trying to ovulate, but never actually does. So these strips aren't always accurate because your LH could spike because your body is preparing to ovulate, but then it never actually reaches ovulation. So you could be taking these these ovulation strips and be like, oh, yes, it's 
says I'm ovulating because your LH was heightened, but then you don't actually ovulate. So it's just not accurate. It's not an accurate depiction of your ovulation. And also the app as well is not accurate because it's an app. It's a computer. It's like an algorithm on Instagram. It's not accurate. It's just telling you when it thinks that you'll be ovulating based off of your cycles, but your ovulation day can shift. It could either come earlier or later than usual, depending on your sleep, how you were eating that month, your stress levels, if you were sick, if you're experiencing trauma, if you're traveling, things can shift it. So it's just not an accurate way to track it. So the two ways that are accurate for you to track is your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus. Let's start with your basal body temperature. Your basal body temperature is your waking temperature. And the way to track this is to get a basal body thermometer. And you can't just get a regular thermometer that you get just at the store or whatever that you use like for your kids or something to just see if you're sick. It needs to be a specific basal body thermometer because we need to get to the 10th of a door to the hundredth of a degree because it's so slight the amount that it raises after you ovulate that it needs to be this specific basal body thermometer. Of course, I'll put a link in the show notes. I just get it on Amazon. I'll put the link in the show notes for you for the one that I recommend if you want to just get that one. But this is how you're going to do it. Every single morning when you wake up, you roll over the first thing you do before you get out of bed, before you drink water, before you do anything is take your basal body temperature. You roll over, you put it in your mouth, you take your temperature, it sinks up to your app and you're good to go. Before ovulation, your temperature is going to be between 97 to 97.7 degrees prior to ovulation. So day one of your cycle until before you ovulate, the range should be between 97 to 97.7 degrees. And it will fluctuate a little bit throughout the mornings. Like sometimes it'll be 97.3, sometimes 97.7. This is normal because ideally you are taking this temperature around the same time every morning. In order for it to be accurate, it needs to be around the same time every single morning. If it's not, it's going to change because your body temperature changes as the hours go on throughout the day. So taking it around the same time every morning is super important, but also knowing that it can shift randomly. If you weren't in a deep sleep for the two hours beforehand, maybe you got up an hour before to pee and then you went back into bed, it's going to shift your temperature a little bit. But in general, taking it around the same time every single morning before you get out of bed, before you have water, before you do anything, it's the first thing you do. And it will be between 97 to 97.7 degrees. If you're taking your temperature and it's in that like 95 range or even low 96s, then I would definitely highly suggest you getting your thyroid checked out because your thyroid is is a hormone that helps regulate your body temperature. So if it is underactive, which is really common for a lot of um, women, especially people who have PCOS, there is a direct connection between hypothyroidism and PCOS. If you're noticing this lower temperature, then it could be a, a sign that you have a sluggish thyroid. So definitely get that checked out if you notice that, which is another reason why it's so freaking important to track your basal body temperature. Okay. So before ovulation, that's going to be the time. The How we know that you actually ovulated is when this temperature increases about 0.5 degrees after you ovulate. Because like I said before, ovulation produces the hormone progesterone and progesterone increases your body temperature. So after you ovulate, your temperature is going to go from that 97 to 97.7 degrees up to 98 to 98.8 degrees in that range. Now, when you see that spike, 
it needs to stay that higher temperature for at least three days in a row. If you just get a random spike and then it goes back down, that is not a sign of ovulation. It needs to spike up to that 98 to 98.8 degree range and stay that higher temperature for at least three days in a row. That is letting you know that you already ovulated. Now, it should stay that higher temperature until you get your period. So throughout your luteal phase, it should stay in that 98 to 98.8 range. If it doesn't, then it's letting you know that you have low progesterone levels. If you if it still was high for those three days in a row and then it drops down, you still did ovulate, but it is letting you know that your progesterone levels are not really where they should be. So that's another great tool to have. That's another great um, uh, information to have, just a marker to know that your progesterone levels are struggling and how you can then support them. So when your temperature spikes, 98 to 98.8 degrees, that's letting you know you already ovulated and it needs to be that higher temperature for three days in a row, okay? Now, this is letting you know that your ovulation already occurred. So the day after ovulation, you're already not fertile anymore, right? Because your egg stays alive for, it could be like about 24 hours. So once you see that temperature spike, maybe be careful or if you want to have sex and get pregnant, you could still have sex that day that you see that the spike went up. But after that, you're really not fertile anymore. So what's most important if you are trying to get pregnant is to have sex the five days before you ovulate because sperm could stay alive in cervical mucus, which we're going to talk about next, for at least five days. It could stay alive in cervical mucus for up to five days. So of course, your ovulation isn't always going to be on day 14 or always day 16 or always day 21 is going to shift. But the more that you collect this data of your basal body temperature, the more you're going to see usually when you ovulate. And then the tracking the cervical mucus is going to come in, which we're going to talk about to let you know when you're approaching ovulation. Okay. So the basal body temperature, you take it every single morning, as soon as you wake up around the same time before ovulation, it's 97 to 97.7 degrees. After ovulation, it's going up to 98 to 98.8 degrees. And it needs to stay that higher temperature for at least three days in a row to let you know that you ovulated. Okay. Now, tracking your cervical mucus is the other piece to this puzzle because your cervical mucus shifts throughout the phases of your cycle. There are certain dry phases. There are certain wet phases. During your period, it's actually a dry phase. Um, you're obviously bleeding, but cervical mucus-wise, it is pretty dry, okay? And you also can't get pregnant during your period. So if you want to have sex during your period, you totally can, and you can't get pregnant, Okay. Then your follicular phase starts the day after your period ends, and your follicular phase is anywhere from seven to 10 days long. During this, the beginning of your follicular phase, it's going to be a bit dry because the reason, the way that we actually produce cervical mucus is by your estrogen levels. Estrogen is what produces our cervical mucus. And during your period, your hormones are at their absolute lowest levels. So when, and when you're entering your follicular phase, your hormones are at their lowest levels and now they're starting to increase during your follicular phase. So at the start of it, it's going to be a little bit low. You're not really going to experience a lot of cervical mucus. And then as it continues and as you approach ovulation and as your hormones start increasing, your cervical mucus will increase. Now, cervical mucus is a sign of fertility. Whenever you see cervical mucus, this is letting you know that you could be fertile because sperm could stay alive in that cervical mucus for up to five days. But there are two different types of cervical mucus we're going to talk about, non-peak and peak. The non-peak cervical mucus is the cervical mucus that you might experience in that beginning to middle part of your follicular phase, which is where it kind of looks like lotion. It's like lotion material. It's that white. It's kind of creamy. If you get it on your hand, it dries up pretty quickly. It's not slippery. It's just that creamy kind of consistency, okay? And then that's your non-peak. Technically, you could, you should still 
be a little bit careful around this time if you're trying to avoid pregnancy and you're not on hormonal birth control because your, again, sperm can stay alive in any cervical mucus for up to five days. But this really isn't the peak cervical mucus. So it's not, you're not as fertile during this time. This is not the peak cervical mucus. It's not your peak fertility time. But it is a time to still be cautious and maybe just be aware. The more you track this, the more you're going to know when your cervical mucus starts to be produced and how how long you maybe have non-peak, when it turns into peak, you'll start figuring out your pattern, okay? But this is the non-peak cervical mucus. Then when you get closer to ovulation, when you are more fertile, it changes to a raw egg white consistency. This is when it's super slippery. When you wipe, it feels slippery. If it gets on the toilet paper or it gets on your hand, you could literally stretch it. It stays wet. It doesn't dry up. It literally looks like an raw egg white. This is your peak cervical mucus. This is letting you know that you're getting super close to ovulation and that you are fertile. So it's go time if you want to get pregnant or it's like back up, wrap that shit up. I'm not trying to get pregnant right now and I am fertile myrtle. Okay. So every single person's amount of cervical mucus is going to be different because we're all different. So some people might experience a lot of cervical mucus when they're, when they're approaching ovulation. Some people might not experience a lot. If you're on hormonal birth control, you do not experience cervical mucus because hormonal birth control actually, um, completely suppresses your cervical mucus as in that this is a way to prevent pregnancy because sperm goes into the cervical mucus to travel to the egg. And that's why, with hormonal birth control, you don't experience this. So when you're off of hormonal birth control, you will start experiencing these shifts, okay? And then after you ovulate, your cervical mucus will dry up. If it doesn't, then it's a sign that you maybe have some higher estrogen um, levels going on. But what's really important to note is that you are seeing prior to ovulation, you're noticing this raw egg white consistency start happening, and that is letting you know that you are approaching ovulation. So the basal body temperature is to let you know that you are, that you already ovulated, and the raw egg white consistency is letting you know that you are approaching ovulation. Okay, so that is why it's different because one is telling you, hey, you already ovulated. The other is telling you that you are approaching ovulation. So like I said before, of course, the other way to see if you ovulated is and to see if you're fertile or you're not fertile is to check your cervical positioning. But I'm not going to get into that right now. That is for a different time or for my clients when I get really into detail about stuff. But right now, the two ways that you could start tracking your ovulation that's actually accurate so that you can either avoid pregnancy or get pregnant is to track your basic body temperature and your cervical mucus. So let's just wrap this all up and tie it in a little bow so that it all makes sense. Your basal body temperature, again, you're taking it every single morning before you get up, before you do anything, you roll over, you take it around the same time every single morning. And this is going to be from day one of your period until before you ovulate about 97 to 97.7 degrees. After ovulation, because when you ovulate, you produce the hormone progesterone and progesterone increases your body temperature, it will raise up to 98 to 98.8 degrees. But remember, it needs to stay this higher temperature for at least three days in a row. If it stays high for three days, in a row and then your temperatures dip down again, you still ovulated, but it's letting you know that your progesterone levels are a bit low, which is also really important information to have. It should stay that higher temperature until you get your period, which is ideal. Okay. The other way, the other, um, sign to use to track your ovulation is your cervical mucus. So your cervical mucus before ovulation, leading up to ovulation, you're going to see this peak cervical mucus, this raw egg white consistency. It's super slippery. It could stretch in your fingers 
all the things, okay? This is letting you know that you are approaching ovulation, that it is at its peak fertility. Sperm could go in there and stay alive for up to five days. So if you are someone who's trying to get pregnant, this is the time to really have sex before ovulation. That is what's most effective, not after, okay? Of of course, it's always before. And then uh, before that, you might experience non-peak cervical mucus, which is more of like that lotion material, um, more like a cream, and it's not really wet or slippery. This is letting you know that you could possibly be fertile, um, but it's not your it's not your peak cervical mucus. Okay, it's not your peak fertility mucus. And the ways that you could track this is to wipe every time you go to the bathroom before you pee. Wipe yourself, and you could see if it's a dry day, if it's a non-peak cervical mucus day, if it's a peak cervical mucus day. You could put the information in your app, especially if you are someone right now who is really trying to get pregnant and track things, or if you recently stopped hormonal birth control and you are someone who wants to really avoid pregnancy. Tracking it is really important. The more that you do this, the easier it gets. The more you're going to be in tune with your body, the more you're going to understand like, okay, I usually ovulate around this time. This is when my cervical mucus usually starts to kick in. This is when I know I'm fertile. It's just collecting data. If you're just starting out, just collect data and just start seeing a pattern and start noticing this stuff in your body. But at least start with the basal body temperature. If you don't want to start with both right now, start with the basal body temperature because it's the easiest thing to start and it's so freaking important to collect this data. And please do not use freaking ovulation strips or just an app on your phone because it is not accurate, okay? So I hope this was helpful for you. If it was, please share on Instagram and DM me or just send it to a friend. Um, Let me know that this was helpful for you. Share this far and wide because so many people are tracking ovulation in the wrong way and this is why a lot of people are struggling to get pregnant or maybe they think that they're ovulating and they're actually not. And if you know and if you're doing this, tracking the cervical mucus and the spatial body temperature and you're noticing that you're not ovulating, then at least you know, hey, okay, I'm not ovulating. Now we got to do, we have to figure this out. Why am I not ovulating? Where is the breakdown? And then of course, recommend working with someone to actually help you with that. But that is it for today. Thank you so much as always for being here with me. I absolutely love chatting with you. You're freaking amazing. I cannot wait till the next episode and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.